If you take notes on your phone, I would say right now is a good time to get your journal, your phone onto its notes or whatever you're going to do. Because I'm not going to spend much time here. I'm going to go quickly past two things and then I'm going to land uh, this afternoon on what is, I believe, the most impactful as we move forward as, as just people. Okay, And if you're a young person in this room, I love the fact that we have teenagers and young people in this room. Listen, young people, I see you. That's cool. Raise your hand. Own it. You're a young person. I'm jealous of you. Here's the deal. This is for you just as much as it is for the oldest person in this room. I believe what the Holy Spirit can do in our, even our little kids in this room is to plant something and anchor something solid that he is going to grow as even the little children grow. So here's where we're going this morning. There's a quote that's going to be on the screen, and it's a quote by Dutch Sheets. If you were here last Sunday, you're thinking, Scott, you showed that last week. Why are you showing it again? Because it's been impactful on me And I wanted to share it with you. I know last Sunday I sort of was a little skittish to put something on the screen that may offend some of you, may throw you off, may cause you to question. Listen, if this causes you to question maybe what your theology, your your teaching in the past has been, maybe some churches in the past have maybe taught in a different way than this, I would say, hey, you know what? Embrace it. Embrace it. And go to the Lord and say, God, what are you wanting to teach me? What are you saying to me through this? I I would say that reading this quote over and over over the last couple of weeks, I I, I think the word some of us would use, especially on our social media page, would be like, this wrecked me. But that's an emotional word, and that's not a word that I think that the Lord is actually saying to me. But what he is saying is he's, he's awoken something in me. He's shaken me. And so I've read this multiple times. I've even had conversations about this quote. And it amazes me to think that a God who knows everything, created everything, holds everything in order, has sovereignly chosen to allow he and I to commune about things. And then God, in his sovereignty and his power, he makes things happen. All because you and I had conversation with God. So I just want that to hang there. You can take a picture of it. If you want to, you can type it out, write it on your phone. But I want you and the Lord to spend some time saying, God, what are you saying to me about this? Because just real quick, some things that he has opened in my heart about this is he has led me to ask more questions to the people that I love and those who are closest to me. Because I need to know how to go to God, pray. I need to know how to go to God on behalf of those people that I love. I got to ask them questions. And just, it was Friday morning, I was sitting down and I was reading and, and the Holy Spirit, God said to me, Scott, you need to ask Daisha, your wife, you need to ask her, is she still, does she have any thoughts or is there any fear in her mind that she may still have some cancer cells remaining in her body? That's specific. So my wife and I were in the pickup truck. I have a pickup truck and we were in the truck and you know, down here in the South, they sit real close to you, right? In those trucks. So it was just me and her sitting close and I asked her the question and the answer was, she said, yeah, I do, but I don't let it control me. And really and truly, that's all we say. We did not go into a deep, long, loving, kissing at the end conversation. We ended the conversation with me being enlightened on how to every day pray for her. 
Because I do not want the enemy, Satan, capturing some fear that she is not controlled by. But in the enemy's clutches, he could cause her to be steered in every decision of her life through fear that there may be still something harming her. And I would have only known that if I would. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't ask her. I believe there are some parents in this place with children, young teenagers, maybe even older kids that we just need to sit down and maybe we need to say, how how do I need to be praying for you? This quote led me to ask the people that I love more questions and to know more about what is actually going on in their life. And the second thing that the Lord highlighted in my life was that this place, this community, this place, if you want to call it a church, Hope City, this place where we gather to worship Jesus, that there are people, there are many people who are going through this life and they're alone. And this is sort of a confession, but this is also telling you what I am praying for and other people who stand in the gap. Intercessors, intercession simply means just standing in the gap for someone else. This is what we're going to be praying for those of you who are lonely in this place. And you just don't have many people in your life that you feel common ground with. I think about my life and how the Lord has brought me. I have people who that surround me and love me and I call them friends that I didn't go out and seek. Like on my best day, I hang out with some amazing people. And on my best day, there's no way I could truly be their friends because I am not that cool. I, I don't have that much to offer, but it is God who is divinely putting people in our circles and in our lives. And I am a better man and husband and dad and leader because of these people in my life. And so I am praying for you. I'm praying for this whole community that if you're a guy in here and you don't have men in your life that may be years ahead of you that have been there and done that and made mistakes, I am praying that God would weave those men into your life. And women the same, that there would be women in your life that come along who have been there, done that, that they are wise and they are appointed by God to intersect you in your life because you can't go through this thing by yourself. I have made so many mistakes. I've had sin in my life. And the only reason that I am where I am is because a loving father had grace and mercy on me. And he has put some stinking, amazing people in my life. And I want the same for you. That's what I'm praying for you. And maybe the reason that many of us seem to be lonely is because I've not gone to the Lord interceding on behalf of lonely people in our community. No more. Amen? That's just being very, very, very open and honest. So I want you to take a look at this. I'm going to write this on a postcard and it's going to be on my desk because what I read there is it reminds me, Scott, I need to spend time with the Lord. And this morning, where I'm going to go is in James chapter 1. I want you to turn there. I want you to write this down. You can spend time there this week by yourself. Maybe you and your spouse. Maybe you and some co-workers. Wow. 
It's beautiful. That's going to happen. I just want you to imagine where you work right now. Can you imagine there's some break and, and instead of whatever it is there, instead of focusing on that, whatever that would be, we, we, we sit there with our, our coworkers and we talk about the things of the Lord. Somebody's got to go first. Jer, uh, Josh, you used the word risk. Somebody's got to act in radical obedience to the Lord and go first. And it may just be somebody sitting in this room. Here we go. James chapter one, verse two. And this is these first two things I'm going to cover. The first one is the fact that God is generous. Okay. Maybe you don't hear anything else. God is generous. James chapter one, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Verse four. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Man, that's going to be amazing. Look at verse five. This is for us this morning. Holy Spirit, grow this in us. If any of you lacks wisdom, and I know that James is using the word wisdom there, but I'd like to say for us this morning, maybe it is wisdom. I pray for wisdom all the time. Maybe the word is not wisdom for you, but I need you to fill in the blank with whatever word God is bringing to you right now. He is bringing it up inside of you. You know what you lack. Listen to what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lack, fill in the blank. James is saying here, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should what? He should He should ask God who gives what right now in your notes somewhere and maybe in your Bible, maybe it's on another book. Maybe it's on your hand. I don't care where it is. As I try to, I try to lead you and I try to just share with you what God is taking me and he's showing me. I want to just say, here's what I, I want you to write somewhere. The last thing that you asked God for, I want you to write it down. And I want you to put today's date, 1, 6, 8, 19. I'll get there. 1, 6, 19. I want you to put the date. This is the last thing I asked God for, and you write it down. So I want you to be able to go back and look at it. And I want you to see how God has provided generously for it. See, that's the first thing I want to say, and the second thing ties into this. Second thing real quick, and I'm going to trust you and trust the Holy Spirit to do some growing in this, is that we have to have a belief system that is based off the truth that God is a generous God. I think in the church that we have not correctly lived off of a belief system of who God really is. I think a lot of Christians... I know I found myself guilty of this is believing that God, he, he only has so much to give. And if he gives you a lot, then that means that I have just a little. And that's why we are so competitive and we are so jealous and we have strife and we have all of those unholy characteristics that are even found in the church. But if I have my belief system 
off of the fact that God is generous and he does not have limits that when my sister gets blessed and I see the abundance being poured out in her, I don't have a cell in my body that gets jealous. I don't have a cell in my body that says, God, why did you heal them and not me? I don't have an ounce of my being that looks at someone who is being blessed. How come they got the promotion and I didn't? How come they get more and you fill in the blank than I did? You see, if we have a belief system that God has an abundance and my name is on it, If God has an abundance and your name is on it, there is not going to be a spirit in me that says, I covet what you have. No, I look at what God has done in your life, how he's provided in abundance for you. And I say, if he did that for you, I know that he can do that for me. And I don't get jealous and I don't get angry when it doesn't happen in my time. I sit with great expectation knowing that God is a very generous God. And so he says right here, he says, if you lack, you should ask God who gives generously. I want to read that real quick out of James in the Passion Translation. I I love it how it writes this same verse. James 1, 5, he says, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he'll give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. He won't see your lack of wisdom. He won't see your lack of, here, listen, let's get personal. Some of us have a lack when it comes to our financial means. Some of us have a lack when it comes to our relationship with our spouse. Some of us have a lack when it comes to our relationship with God. He is not going to listen to your ask. And he is not going to, as James says here, he is not going to use it as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. But listen to this but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. How many of you need that this morning? I mean, seriously, thanks for raising your hand, but every one of us in this place need that. See, we need a belief system that is based off the fact that God is generous. And he has, I think, a storeroom just waiting to be poured out over every single one of us. Now, I don't have time to go down this path this morning, but listen, I need you to hear me. The abundance that God is speaking to us about, the generousness, what he's wanting to pour out has nothing to do with material gain. Do you hear me? Now it may, listen, I will take all that he has, but here's a great test, very practical every day. Maybe we find ourselves struggling with this topic. We're saying, God, I don't know. You want to bless me, then why am I poor? Maybe that's where your struggle is. Oh, God, you want to pour abundance on my family, but me and my wife, we hate each other. Okay, maybe that's where you are. So here's the deal. Here is a test. When I go to the Father and I say, God, I know that you are generous. And the Hebrew language actually means there, if you have a Passion Translation Bible and it's a study Bible, it says it very perfect down in the footnotes. It says basically this, that he wants to pour out 
His generous grace is the same thing as if God was standing there with an open hand just ready to give you all he had. And so if we want to go through this practically every step of the day where we find ourselves maybe struggling with this truth is we need to find and ask ourselves, hey, God, God, am I more focused on what's in your hand than your actual hand? It could be said this way. If you find yourself struggling with this belief, you could actually ask yourself, hey, God, am I more interested in the gift that you're getting ready to give me more so than I am you, the giver. Think about that. That's a, that's a, it's, it's a shift in the way we think. Because even when we pray, when we stand and we intercede, we're asking God for all of these things. I cannot find myself more interested in the giving or the gift or the blessing than I am the Father. First thing is God is generous. The second thing I have to go through so fast is that you have to choose this belief system. You have to choose this every day. This is your choice. I can't make it happen. We can't preach it. We can't sing it. We can't environment. We can't do anything. But you get to choose this belief. And I just, as I, I just wrote something maybe for a practical help. And you can write this down because I want you to declare this today and every day this week. There's a little declaration that the Lord gave me. And it's simply this. Hey, God, I choose to believe you, the Father, and your word. I believe that you are generous and you know what I need. I butchered it probably. That was from memory. But I choose to believe God the Father and his word. He knows what we need and is a generous father. That's the declaration every day this week. When you find yourself struggling, when you find yourself struggling to even pray, this is your prayer. This is your declaration. See, last week I said, I'm not going to stand here and I'm not going to talk about why we don't pray and try to give even the enemy ground to shame us and cause us to be feeling like um, discredited or, well, I'm a terrible Christian, I don't pray. I'm not doing that. The Holy Spirit is going to go with us out of this place and he is going to bring to our attention there's reasons why you and I don't pray. There's reasons you and I have voids. We have these spaces. We have lack and we don't pray. I'm not here to say, oh, you're this or we're doing this or this is the way our generation is going. The Holy Spirit is going to do that with me and he's going to do that with you. But every single day, you and I have the choice to believe the fact that God is generous. And that he knows what you need. And so ask him. Passage, you want to write it down, it's James 4. Very quick, verse two, all the way through the verse three. Just two simple verses. Read that sometime this week. And it's the passage that maybe some of us in here know. It says simply, you do not have because you do not ask God. Guys, I don't want to be a church. I don't want to be a culture. I don't want to be a community. I don't want to be a person. I don't want to be a leader who does not be very direct with this. Listen, we claim Jesus as Lord many of us in this room, that we are going to commune with God the Father for way more than just our own personal salvation. 
We are going to commune with God and we are not going to fail to ask him. You want to pray for something? January 23rd, we're inviting all the community. I don't know who's going to show up. Maybe one person. I don't know. I don't care if one person shows up. I know the Lord has laid this on our heart years ago, so we're doing it, okay? Do you want to pray for something? You pray for those people who may come into this room, to this place, just for a simple meal. And I know that there are people who would come into this place who will never show back up in an environment like this. Guess what? They still need to know the love of the Father. That's what you pray for. We're going to ask God to do some amazing things on a Wednesday night where we're serving probably, now listen, if you're cooking, if you're signed up, I'm just as a joke, probably some lousy spaghetti. It's not the spaghetti. It's the obedience and it's the loving people who are filled with the love of God and the Holy Spirit. They want to just be and be in love. That's what we can pray for. Last thing and this is it probably the most important and I love just sort of ending it here and just letting you and the Lord and you and your family you wrestle with this the impact of Mark 11 something that maybe sometimes we've stumbled upon but we've not gone through and read all of this in Mark chapter 11 again it doesn't need explanation please understand that Here in a few seconds, a few minutes, let me just say, Pastor Josh is going to come up and we're going to pray over people. And he's going to give you some some very good directions, so please listen. We're going to be praying over people that need healing spiritually, physically, emotionally. This is something else that I and our team It's going to be praying. Comes in Mark chapter 11. Jesus is saying this. Mark is recording it. He says, I tell you the truth. I'm in the 23rd verse. Mark 11, 23. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Verse 24 says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. In the American translation that we have here, there's another verse, but I believe what was happening was Jesus was standing there and he was talking to all of these people and he was saying, hey guys, listen, I I have to let you know that my father in heaven is generous and he is wanting to give you abundantly, but you got to believe what I'm saying here. And you see, right there's where we stop most of the sermons or the teachings on it. We don't go to 25. But I believe Jesus was standing there and he was talking about his generous father and how you have to believe what I'm saying. And he wouldn't went the next sentence out of his mouth. He said, and when you stand praying, when you pray, when you ask, he says, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You know what he was saying right there, I think? Here's what he said to me. He said, Scott, I love your passion and enthusiasm. I love the people who pray. 
He said, Scott, if there's anything standing in between you and me, and it has to deal with forgiveness, I need you to forgive people. I need you to forgive everyone. Because I don't want anything standing between my communion and yours. I need... I need it to be pure. And so my prayer for this community right here, for you, this is between you and the Lord. It may not mean that you just jump up and get on the phone or drive to someone's house, but it is between you and God. And it sounds something as simple as this. Hey, God, if there's anyone that I need to forgive, would you please bring them to my mind? And then Holy Spirit, empower me to forgive them and see where the Lord takes you next. I'm not big on New Year. I'm not big on this is the first sermon of the year. I'm not big on any of that. I believe it's a time in the day where God's people need to commune with him. And what I am saying today is I do not want anything in between you and the Father. So the Lord just highlighted this and he said, hey, it starts with us being clear in a place positioned where God longs to just hear from us. So if there's anyone that you need to forgive, listen to what it didn't say. It didn't say that they need to forgive you. This is between you and God. If there is anyone that you need to forgive, hey, God, have your way with us right now. Amen.